We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago sports. Chicago sports is the score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score. Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel today on Hit and Run. Right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We are broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Now, when you when you pinch hit, it's tough. It's tough. You get, you know, called last minute. Coach hits the right hand. I come in the game. But I'm always put at ease when I see my guy right down the line. When I see my guy, Lawrence Holmes, standing right there, I know everything's going to be all right. Because no matter if I perform well or poorly, he's going to have my back. And that's why I'm glad. And we get to bring him on right now. Loho, what up? What's happening, dude? What's, what the hell's going on over there this morning? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, dude. What is Poor going- Sean. Like, Sean's like, could you please do something? Just come and hang out on the show. And I'm like, yeah, what happened? And then I told Sean, because he's like, yo, Loho. And I said, listen, I want Loho on my show. <laughs> I was like, let's not waste him on hit and run. I said, tell him. And then, you know, but hey, you know, it's it's tough. You, you got you to make it work. You know how it is in this business. You got to make it work. Yeah, no doubt. And I love being on Hit and Run. Uh, Barry Rosner occasionally would just call me and be like, hey, do you want to come and hang out on Hit and Run? <laughs> and I'd be like, sure. And then I'd just come into the studio and hang out. But the, I, And I would have come in, but the, the, this caught me a little bit off guard. Yeah. So I told Sean, I was like, just give me a few minutes to, to get home and I'll get it all set up and we can go from there. Where, where were you at? You were eating some good breakfast in Hyde Park or what? No, I went to go see my parents out in the burbs. So I was oh. coming back from, from that and there's some White Sox stuff and I'm like, all right, I got a little bit of time between now and then to, to, to hang out with my guy, Gabe. So what's up? Like, What are we talking about today? Honestly, just the state of Chicago baseball right now. I know you and I are passionate about a particular side of, of town. But, you know, just Chicago as a whole. I think, you know, the trade deadline is a couple of days away. I think it's, it's, we've been oversaturated with a lefty power bat and, and relievers out of the bullpen. And But I'm more so curious, just like, what's your what's your take on the state of the teams right now, starting with the White Sox? Oh, starting with the White Sox. Well, here we are at 100 games with the White Sox. And I think a lot of people are still holding on to the idea of what we thought this team was going to be as the season began. When you look at this team, you're coming off of winning the American League Central, looking like a group of guys that is just starting to come into their prime. Everyone's sitting there going World Series contender at the beginning of the season. And for good reason that they were doing that. And then... This team 
stumbles and bumbles out of the gate and you're thinking, well, it's just a couple of weeks where it's going to be bad or they're going to get better when the weather warms up and all that stuff. Their problems are so systemic. Now, when the interactions that I have with most White Sox fans has been, I, I want it to happen, but I don't necessarily believe that it's going yeah, yeah. to happen. Cautiously optimistic, Loho. Yeah, and and I I I think that when I I'm watching games, when they win, like yesterday's game, there wasn't joy; it was relief. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, felt. like after That's after Friday felt. night's game, and and they struggled to hit the ball yesterday. Shout out to Gavin Sheets, who had a great game last night. Put them in a position to win it. And, and you start looking around. like Gabe, the thing that gets me mad is folks have been looking at the schedule and be like, well, this is the soft part of the schedule. Yeah, I was one of those and, guys. And then you look at the White Sox record. It's 22-25 and 25 against teams under 500 this year. So you tell me who's looking at whom and saying this is the soft part of the schedule. If, if you're Oakland, you're looking at the White Sox going, we got a chance to win some games. And they played like it. And, and that's the thing. Like When you see moments inside of games where you feel like the other team is doing a better job of wanting it more yeah. than, than, the, than the White Sox, like that's, that's messed up. And there were times throughout this past season, whether it was the Twin Series here, the Baltimore Series here, Cleveland, every time they seemingly play Cleveland, you see those teams, they're willing to push the White Sox. They're willing to take the extra base. And, and last night, you saw one of the weaknesses of the White Sox in this kind of quasi-resting thing that goes Odd. on with their players, where Eloy hits a ball that two hops the wall. Not one hop, <laughs> two hops the wall, right. and he's barely on first base. Now, granted, it's a, it's a really good outfielder, and it was a rocket. But you know that he can't go a hundred percent out of the box, and and that cost them a run scoring opportunity. But because he was on first, then the 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 ball that Vaughn hits, which is ends up being an automatic double, he's stuck on third. They're not able to bring him home. Where if he were standing on second base, obviously he would have scored. So it's stuff like that where where you go, man, this team, they're missing something. Like you always feel like they're missing like a little bit of something. And the hope is that in the last 62 games of the season, they can find it. And it's funny because I mentioned that they've been playing down to their competition where you, you said it a second ago. Other teams that are below 500 are looking at the White Sox like a measuring stick. And playing playing tougher because they're saying to themselves, well, well, yeah, we've had a tough season, but they, against these guys, we could beat these guys, and then they end up playing harder. Where the our Sox in that in that moment aren't necessarily feeling the same way. But against the, the Twin series right before the All Star break, I felt that the Twins had the pressure going into that four game set, where the White Sox were a little bit more comfortable, a little more cool, and that they felt like they could handle themselves accordingly. They did with some big blowout wins. But it's just it's the splitting. It's the not like like you said. It's it's those moments because the inning before Eloy hit that bomb, they had an opportunity to score some runs if they if, yep. if, if that out didn't happen. So Eloy would have been up in that moment. And so you're. It's just so many things that you question with the team itself, and and you can point to a lot of things, Loho. But the reality is, they just seem to be a 500 team. They just seem to be splitting with everybody and giving up games where they shouldn't, and not necessarily putting their foot on the throat of respective teams that they're playing. 
And you're right, with this stretch, I mean, Kansas City, Texas, Kansas City, even before that with Colorado and Oakland, you were saying to yourself, yeah, you're still saying to yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, this is it, baby. This is it. This is our winning 8 out of 10, you know, or going, you know, out of these 19 games against teams that are below 500, you know, you're going 15 and 4. It's just you, you continue to think that, but then they end up breaking your heart. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Cueto and Lynn. I feel like they're the same person right now where I think Cueto's a little bit better and has been pitching a little bit better, but in terms of, you know, no, veterans. No, I, I don't think they're the same person right now. I, tw- I trust Johnny Cueto way okay. more than I trust Lance Lynn Good. right now. And and that's that's saying something. You know, that the, this team committed to Lance Lynn. Obviously, he's been dealing with coming back from that knee injury. Watching Johnny Cueto pitch has been beautiful. He's an artist. And, and you're seeing a guy pitch, not throw, pitch. And you, it, you've got a bunch of guys on this team that have got incredible stuff. Like Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech have great stuff. Liam Hendricks has great stuff. Kendall Graveman has great stuff. When you see a guy that is going out there, I joked about it on Twitter last night, he's doing it with duct tape and guile. You know? <laughs> right. Like he, he's doing it by upsetting hitters' timing and changing his motion up and, and being really good about where he's spotting the ball. I... I really enjoy watching him pitch. He he gives them an opportunity to win every game that he starts. And even last night, where their starter was fairly dominant in the game, but he only goes five innings. Cueto gets you into the seventh yeah. and, and kept you there long enough so that, that your offense could mount a rally and you could, you could beat out the worser team with their mistakes. So... Johnny Cueto has been like a found $20 bill, man. Like you're doing laundry and you're like, oh, let me clean out these pockets and you find $20. That's Johnny Cueto right now. He's been, he's been, I figured after like the first five starts, he had already paid for himself for the most part. And now if you're starting a playoff series, he might start game two for you. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I do the the Southsiders podcast here on the Odyssey Network. And I said, uh, maybe like, Two starts ago, before Lance Lynn uh, pitched, I said, I don't know if Lance Lynn is going to make that rotation. And Shane thought I was absolutely crazy. And I brought it up to Spiegel when I was working with him. And I said, because the first question you're going to ask yourself is, are the Sox or any playoff team, for that matter, going to a five-man rotation? The answer is no. You're just not, right? And so when you're looking at that three-game set, obviously I'm talking as if the Sox are going to make the playoffs. And then, yes. right, right. And I was, I saw, I heard the silence and I was like, okay, let me say this before Lawrence jumps down my throat right now. But, and, 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 so, and let's, and let's hope it's not in Toronto and because then, then you got no CC right there. Right? right. And, and no Graveman and no Graveman. So again, so, so, but in that moment, you're saying to yourself, you know, is Lance, how does Lance Lynn, that's the question I have for you. How does Lance Lynn, assuming they make the playoffs, let's assume that it's not against the, the Toronto Blue Jays, but where does Lance Lynn fit into that playoff rotation or that playoff roster if he can't hold his own for the remainder of the season. The thing is, is that of the guys that struggle, I have the most faith in Lynn to turn it around. Hmm. So I more so than Giolito. Yeah, I think that Giolito's problems are problems that will end up getting rectified in the offseason because I think that he changed the way that he trained and his body was different and his body didn't, so far, it doesn't seem like his body has adapted to the way that it's changed and been an effective weapon for him. So I expect that he'll probably 
go back to whatever type of training he was doing beforehand and then come back and be corrected. His velocity drop has been noticeable. And because of that, it's allowed people to hit his changeup more effectively because they can now, because he's not throwing 95, 96, they can go, well, we'll look for the changeup and adjust to the fastball. Right. And they're doing that to him. With, with Lynn, I just think that all of this, like since he's been back, has been spring training plus the beginning of the season. You know what I mean? Because okay. he, he missed basically half a season. So I think that there's still a ramping up process. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I like Lance Lynn's stuff. I like that he only throws basically one pitch and, and flips it four different ways. I think that that still plays, but I think it's going to take a couple more starts for him to get back into the rhythm. It's the early inning struggles for me. It's it's the bad taste in my mouth from last year's playoffs. It, sure. It's those things that are lingering that as I'm seeing these games pile up, low, that I'm like, I don't know. I just don't even want him near this team. I don't want the White Sox down four to nothing in the second to the Houston Astros or to the Toronto Blue Jays for that matter. Like, I don't want to have to deal with that. I want to at least have a competitive game. And those are the things that have been missing from the White Sox every time Lynn is on the bump. But I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough. With the trade deadline approaching, do you think there's going to be something that happens between the Cubs and the Sox? I've been thinking a lot about this particular series and not that one series should decide things for for the White Sox, but I, I was wondering as they were losing yesterday's game, like wow, they lose this series. <laughs> what if they were what if they were to get swept? Now now they flipped that. Like shout out to again, shout out to Gavin Sheets. They flipped that. So now they walk into today's game with an opportunity to win the series, which is what Ozzy Guillen was talking about last week. I was hanging out with Ozzy over on the TV side. He said, just win series. Like that's all you have to do. So here's another chance for them to win a series. And I wonder if they they lose this series, does it change does it change Rick Hahn's perception? Like, does he look at his team and go, here we are at 50 and 51? Do we really do we I I truly believe that we can win a World Series this year after looking at this team be 50 and 51? Now, I, I would say that because of where guys are from a contract standpoint, that it is incumbent upon the White Sox to try and win the 2022 World Series. Yes. That that you have to start looking at it that way. And I I would love to see them continue to, to push, but that means some hard decisions have to be made about who's going to be here and who's not going to be here. I still think that there's a shot. I think there's still a lot of talent on this team and something's missing and not allowing it to click. Maybe it's the wrong mix of guys and you can change some of that with with some some smart trades. It does bum me out that one of the strengths, the 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 ideal strengths of this team was supposed to be bullpen. You were supposed to be set be between seven, eight, and nine, but because you had Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman and, and Liam Hendricks. And now the White Sox might have to go out and get bullpen help. That was something that I didn't think that we were going to see. But if if they're serious about this, they've got to figure out a way to bridge the ball to Liam Hendricks so that they need help. They need a left hander in that bullpen. 
I think they need another starter. And quite honestly, I, I think they probably need another bat. That's a lot to get done in, in one trade deadline. But if you want to win, I don't see Gabe. My thing is I wanted the White Sox to really go for it. I wanted them in the offseason to do what they needed to do to make their roster as 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 good as it can be. And I think they didn't do that. I think that even walking into the season, you were probably a starter short. Oh, obviously, at least one starter short because you went and got Johnny Cueto. And thank God he's been good. So you're probably two starters short. I thought they needed an everyday second baseman. And I thought that they needed someone that was going to play right field for them. I still think that they they've got some components to that make you feel like they can win but you got to go for it like if you're in your window so go ahead and go for it as for the cubs we all know what this is now like the, the cubs are are they they got robertson and Contreras. maybe someone wants patrick wisdom ian hap and they're trying to get the the most and best deal of young talent back for those guys and I, I feel bad for Cubs fans because how many goodbyes they've had to say over the last two years. <laughs> like, for real, man. Like, it's, it's messed up. It's tough. Like, it's, it's messed up. When you look around and you're like, oh, like, all of, the, all of the guys that I fell in love with as a Cub fan, other than Kyle Hendricks and Jason Hayward, who Cubs fans hate anyway, <laughs> like, all those guys are just going to be gone. You know, at, at, at the end of this whole thing. Yeah. How, how does like how do you how does that make you feel and and seeing Wilson Contreras I think over the last four weeks really be emotional about his time as a Cub coming to an end I would understand how any Cub fan would be like man this is messed up and and there's no there's no track record of trust when it comes to Jed Hoyer. And and I don't I'm not trying to diss because I actually really like Jed. I think he's a smart dude. But we all know that it was Theo that was doing the thing when he was at the top of the organization. Therefore, Jed can only be judged on the choices that he's made since he's been in charge. Right. And if you're a Cub fan and you're looking at the one loss record and you're looking at the the guys that have left, like and guys have been traded, like you Darvish, you walk away and you go, Man, I need to see more. I need to see some benefits to some of these trades, some dividends on this investment that's being made in the younger players. So my hope is that Cubs fans will get that, that that there is something major that they can get back for Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, and they can start the next part of, of to start the next part of the next great Cubs team. But I I recognize how unfair this has been. For, for them to say goodbye to Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez and Kyle Schwarber and, and Wilson Contreras and, and probably Ian Happ. That's hard, and it's messed up. He's Lawrence Holmes from Burns Ian Holmes right here on 670 to score. I appreciate you helping my pinch hit out today. Oh, man, anytime, man, anytime. And, yeah, yeah, the, l- let me get my plug in, man, since I'm here. I like it. The Bernstein and Holmes Show, 10 a.m. to noon, man. We get it in. We have a lot of fun on our show. We act a fool sometimes on our show. Then sometimes we get super serious. But 10 a.m. to noon, we be on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. We out here. So be with us. And on Wednesdays, Layla Rahimi is in the house, and we burn it down. Ow! 
I like it, man. Use the time wisely. That's what you got to do. Lo, thanks for hanging out with me, man. All right, Gabe. Be good, man. I appreciate you. Lawrence Holmes, putting the state of Chicago baseball into perspective, and everything he's saying is absolutely right. You would have loved for the Sox team to be constructed from the very beginning instead of having to make multiple moves at this trade deadline, and you feel for the Cubs fans that are seeing remnants of their 2016 team just fade away each and every year and having to start anew. That's what's going on right there. He's Lawrence Holmes, of course. Bernsey and Home. I'm Gabe Ramirez, filling in for Matt Spiegel. And speaking of our White Sox, we have the pleasure of breaking down today's game and what has been happening over this past weekend. From James Fox, my guy from the Sox machine, I know we're going to have some, some fun and some hyped-up energy to continue this baseball conversation. We'll do that on the other side right here on Chicago Sports Radio. Six, seven. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Need the score. Hit and run Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. Take a ball in and hit it 500 feet and take a stay on the breaking pitch away and hit it to the opposite field. I mean, you got a chance to be high average here with, with production. But, you know, I, I thought that, uh, I don't know if had some zeros on us, but, you know, we made some good contact. I don't want to play any more Tony LaRusso because, I mean, <laughs> did anyone out there understand what he just said? Did the reporters in front of him didn't know what he said. <laughs> Talking about Gavin Sheets. And out of no shade, I just, you know, maybe if I maybe if I had the transcript in front of me, then I could read it back to people so that they can get it. I'm Gabe Ramirez, filling in for Matt Spiegel today on Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. And, you know, it's always a pleasure when I get to talk that are as passionate about the White Sox as I am. I love talking to people like that, and this guy is no different. Let's welcome to the show, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, I'm talking about James Fox from the Sox Machine. James, what's up? Hey, Gabe. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm searching the Twitter sphere, and then I, I see you tweeting out nice and bright and early about the White Sox lineup. And, I'm, and I look at my producer, and I said, can we get this guy on right now? I was like, because he's feeling my same heartbreak as we're talking about this lineup. What, what's your take on the lineup without two of these guys in there? I, I mean, everybody keeps responding to me about <laughs> – you know how they're they're not very good anyway but I, I i don't know i don't get it they're they're going to be the most well-rested team in october like golfing i feel like yeah. at this point so i mean it's just, and like i get it a little bit early in the season and those are two guys that were hurt specifically but those are two guys that they need really bad to like start hitting against right-handed pitching and i don't know i feel like it tony larusa has always kind of managed this way where he where he plays a lot of guys and stuff, but they 
he's managing this team like they're five games up in first place, and they're clearly not, obviously. It's funny because I do think back to 2005, and I would see some of the lineups as the season was coming to an end, and I'd be asking the same questions. Like, I understand you don't want these guys playing, but we're in September right now. Like, these guys should be playing. And right now, obviously on the heels of August, Yasmani Grandal and Yoan Moncada should be in the lineup. I think you just said it best. You need some consistency from, from Grandal. You've gotten it from Moncada up to this point in the last month or so. He's been playing well, and you would love to keep that hot streak going. But Yasmani more so than Moncada, where I look at him and I'm like, no, I need you in there. I don't want Gavin. I don't want Reese McGuire in there. I, I want you in the lineup getting at bats. And, and I understand that he caught yesterday. But, again, you would want him to construct that lineup differently. Uh, we're talking to James Fox from Sox Machine. I got a question from uh, the text line. It says, why should teams be scared of the White Sox? I love that question because I want to know the answer to James. Well, I, I mean, I don't think they are. I think <laughs> we, we keep we keep looking at this schedule, right? And I'm guilty of it. And I'm like, man, this is like the soft part. This is the part where they're finally, you know, going to show us who they are and they're going to go on their run and we're all going to like laugh about how long we were. But I kind of feel like they play these bad teams and the bad teams don't really care because they're, they're like, okay, we can beat this White Sox team. And they've consistently done it. So, you know, I do think like the one thing I've fallen back on as far as like the American league central, I think the White Sox have the best pitching. Um, obviously, you know, Lance Lynn has a bad one occasionally or Lucas Giolito or whatever, but I mean, like with the five that they have, they should have a chance every day. So that's, I guess like, that's probably the answer is that their pitching's good. Um, but I mean, look, it was, it was supposed to be a team that hit the ball out of the ballpark. And yeah. I think that's like the biggest, that's the biggest reason why they're 500 through 100 games is that they just, they don't hit the ball out of the ballpark, especially their own. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's where you and I agree. I mean, when you're looking at the starting five for the White Sox, it's tough for the other teams in the AL Central to compete in terms of what you what is potential output, what you think these guys are going to be doing. You got Cease, you got Kopech, Giolito should be pitching well, and then Cueto and Lynn, if you're even just talking about the back half of a starting five, they got they, they have the advantage in that sense. But but where what you said that I completely wholeheartedly agree with that not a lot of people are talking enough about is the offensive production. You can't be down two, you can't be putting up three runs. I mean, you can because you won, but you would like for that to be, you know, nine to two White Sox, eight to two. And that comes when you're when you're hitting the long ball and you're just not seeing it enough with this squad. You're not seeing guys like Eloy putting it out there enough. And you know, when you're going up against the Oakland A's, I mean 30th in the league in batting average, 24th, they're above the White Sox in home runs. I mean, that should not be the case for a team that you want to be obviously far and above the best team in, in the AL Central. So it's hard to try to pinpoint, to answer the Texas question, why should you be scared of the Chicago White Sox? Now, maybe no one else is, but in terms of the AL Central, you're right. It is, it is pitching, and when you're looking at this lineup, ah, it's a bit frustrating because it's not producing the way it should. Where, 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 where would the change? Where would you like to see the change, James, in this lineup? What, what does it look like to you? Well, so I mean, you know, obviously the trade deadline's Tuesday. Like, I don't expect anything major, but I mean, they, they've just they need to get more left-handed somehow. And look, they're not gonna like change the entire configuration of this team. Like, with sixty games left, that's like an off-season project. I was hoping it was gonna be an off-season project last year, and it wasn't. I mean. 
You know, Gavin Sheets uh, had the big night last night. But, I mean, he just, you know, he hasn't produced enough. And your two lefties, Moncada and Grandal, who aren't playing today, haven't produced enough either. You know, so if, if they are to do something, I would think, like, some sort of left-handed hitting corner outfielder. You know, if the Giants decided to sell, I think Jock Peterson makes a lot of sense. You know, just like a guy like that. And who do they play over? I don't know. Like, maybe they play against righties instead of A.J. Pollock. Like, yeah. at this point, at this point, it's all hands on deck, right? So, like, instead of going out and getting two relievers, and, and like, you can go get two relievers. That's fine. But, you know, they just they talk about how they need relief pitching, but they can't hit at all. And it's kind of like what you said. They, you know, if this team was hitting homers, we wouldn't be talking about the bad defense and all the mistakes made by Tony La Russa every night because, you know, you'd be you'd be up 8-3 in games and, and we just kind of wouldn't care as much as we've had to, like losing as many games as they have on the margins consi- consistently. We're talking to James Fox from the Sox Machine right here on Hit and Run on 670 Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel. Dude, it's like you and I have the same takes on this whole thing. Because, you know, first going to to the Giants thing, I feel like the Giants and the Sox are looking at each other like the Spider-Man meme. They're like, it's me, yeah. it's me, it's you. We're, we're on the outside of the playoffs, but should we be sellers? I don't know. Are we buyers? <laughs> like, it's the Spider-Man meme all over again because, j- really, you're there. And then when you're looking at, like, a guy like Gavin, right, because if you're looking for the left-handed bat and Jock Peterson, obviously he's over there in San Francisco, and you're saying to yourself, can you get somebody like that? But it's like, who are you going to be playing over? You know, Gavin Sheets, granted, what have you done for me lately? You just smacked the homer and tied up the game. That was great. I love seeing that. But what about the rest of the year? Games that you could have contributed to, you know, then. Don't get me wrong. I want Gavin to be that dude. He looks like he can be that monster. You know, obviously, we see the power. We see what's there. But it's just a bit more consistency, a couple more hits, just so that that way we don't have that sour taste in our, in our mouths as Sox fans. And then when you're looking at the bullpen relief, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, granted, you know, with Bummer and Crochet, it sucks that the Sox bullpen is in this position. And, and obviously, Reynaldo Lopez with the back issues. So you can bring somebody in, but who are they pitching over? How are you finding innings for these guys to, to make a difference? Is, 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 are they going to be that much of a difference from the guys that you have on there now? You could say Ruiz, but sure, but, but, but Lambert's pitching well. It's like, that's what I, when I look at the pitching staff, I feel like they have the guys there, James. But it just seems, like you said, not being able to come together, for the whole team not being able to come together. Yeah, I mean, like Rick Hahn would probably say, right, like the biggest additions would be like your own players playing better. And like as frustrating as that is, like it kind of needs to happen because it's not like they can go out and do what Atlanta did, right? You can't go get three bats because like who are are those guys going to play instead of? This This is like a, you know, a symptom of, like your own guys underachieving for an entire season. So yeah, like you could go out and get a, a Jock Peterson or like I saw, you know, David Peralta went to the Rays yesterday. I thought that's a guy that would have fit, but I mean, if your own players don't pick it up, like it's probably not going to matter anyway. So, you know, like I'm not opposed to add it, like add pitching. Sure. Like contenders <laughs> should always add, right, right. Contenders, should, contenders should always add more pitching. But if you're not going to do anything to this offense, I don't, I don't really understand what the point is. So your Twitter's Twitter sphere and, and uh, replies have been going crazy with this team is bad anyway. But what do you see happening with this <laughs> squad? I mean, do you still have faith in them that they win the AL Central? Do you feel like they'll eke into a wild card spot? Or do you think that they're just going to be, like you mentioned earlier, you know, being re- well-rested to go fishing come October? So 
I mean, I think like they can win the central because I don't, I'm not a believer in the Minnesota twins and their system isn't really that good either to go out and get a bunch of reinforcements. Like Cleveland is dangerous, but they're 500 against everybody not named the White Sox. Like this is the time the White Sox, the White Sox need to go on a run and do this. Yes, they have a shot. And it's why, it's why I think like the thought of selling on Tuesday, like just doesn't make any sense to me. Like I understand frustration. Like, you know, I remember white flag, but I was a kid, you know, like this is like not the time to like sell off parts and like play for next year when you're three back of a playoff appearance. And I just feel like playoff appearances are sacred because we've seen that like, you know, if you get in, like you can win the whole thing. That's right. And you've seen the Sox 10 games out of the playoff playoff run. And that's when you're a seller, not when you're three games out. Hey, James. Thanks for jumping on with me today in, in, in a pinch. I really appreciate you helping the show out today. All right, Gabe. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. James Fox from Sox Machine and Future Sox. Make sure you check out his podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at JamesFox917. I'm Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. Listen, he's right. You're three games out. You have to have the mindset. It has to be the same mindset as the Seattle Mariners. I understand you have talent in the farm system, guys that, you know, names that you hear, but that's just what they are, names. And if you want to put your, you want to put your team, you need to put your team in the best situation to compete, not only to win the AL Central, but to try to make a playoff run. They've tasted what, they, they know what playoffs taste like. They did that. And now you have to build on that. And if you miss the playoffs this year and take a step back, two steps back for that matter, it's gonna. It could be detrimental to the franchise. So Rick Hahn, I know he's doing his best. Of course he is. That's his job, right? Kenny, Jerry. I mean, they're all they're all in it to make this team as good as they possibly can be. And as James mentioned, it, it sucks sometimes that injuries play a part. So what? Get these guys in here. Get the mind right. Let them put put some new energy into that into that dugout. Give me some jazz chisel, man. I've been so on that since you said that, dude. He'd be so much fun on the south side. It'll be fun if we just make the playoffs. I'll take that, too. All right. On the other side of this, Bob Nightingale came on 670 with Inside the Clubhouse, and he had some interesting talk about some teams in the city of Chicago. Who did he favor? Who does he think is going to be in the best position next year? We'll find out on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hit and Run, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Usually Matt Spiegel is holding you down from 9 to 12. Today was a pinch hitter. I'm Gabe Ramirez filling in on Hit and Run. And now we have an opportunity to hear from Bob Nightingale. He joined The Score yesterday on Inside the Clubhouse. And he was talking about... What could be happening on the north side with some of these guys? I know we've been hearing a lot about where potential destinations can be, but here's Bob discussing some specific players. Yeah, I do, Bruce. I, I think, yeah, uh, I think Cap will be gone. I mean, obviously you could hold on to him, but there's hardly in such a thin market out there. You might as well see what you get because uh, all these contenders are uh, scrambling to find help. Uh, I'm not sure the Cubs are going to get what they hope for for Contreras. You're not hearing his name that much out there. I mean, you're hearing him with Houston. You're hearing him with the Mets. Uh, you're hearing him with San Diego. Uh, so I think a little few teams are literally just about to catching, you know, bringing in a, a guy to, you know, meet a new staff and things like that. 
obviously he's got the he's got the bat. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, last year I think everybody thought the Cubs would get a lot more for for Chris Bryant, and that market just wasn't there. Joined by Bob Nightingale from USA Today here and inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score: David Hall, Bruce Levine until eleven o'clock this morning. Bob, I understand the Soto stuff and the interest in a twenty-three-year-old uh, outfielder, and I guess I can understand why the Nationals at this stage of their franchise need to entertain offers. But I have to say, the Shohei Otani rumor and the re- the reality that they're taking offers or listening to offers for him caught me a little bit off guard. I kind of get the when you look at the contract clock and they can justify it, but we're talking about Shohei Otani. The guy who has done things that we haven't seen in baseball since Babe Ruth, and I just wonder what are the Angels thinking? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the chance uh, of Otani being traded now is the same as uh, you, me, and Bruce starting the outfield for the Cubs next year. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but they, you know, they're listening because they don't know what's going to happen this winter. So at least now they can uh, listen to see what teams, uh, what teams are interested, what teams are willing to give up. And I'm not, you know, not sure what what you give up. But I think they need to find out this winter if he wants to stay or not. Uh, I mean, this is this guy makes money for the franchise, just in merchandising and licensing and all that. Uh, I think he makes at least twenty twenty five million dollars a year for the Angels, so he's only making five and a half right now. So you know, they'd have to the Angels the Angels trade him. They'd have to give back money to uh, everybody else. So uh, we'll see what happens. You know, in talking to the Angels, uh, you know, front office, signing to a contract extension, they don't even know what it's worth. I mean, what do you give a guy like that? You know, 300, 400, 500? Uh, it's, you know, it's impossible to gauge what what, you, what he's worth. Bob, uh, you know, looking at the White Sox and their, their, their lack of solid play, their lack of energy. Now, nobody's had more injuries than they have, but other teams have uh, survived with injuries. Uh, that said, um, what what do you think is lacking there? You're tied into the White Sox as, as much as anybody in baseball. Um, what do you think is lacking there? And um, did uh, did Tony talking to the players last year about him having to fit in with them, which he did, and they won a division, 93 games. Th- did that take away the ability of the coaching staff and Tony to be able to change uh, them? Uh, to be a better, uh, more alert base running team, um, uh, a smarter team, a team that plays better defense. What, what's your what's your thoughts? What's your information on that? No, I think it's a valid point, Bruce. It's almost like when Larusa got there, he wanted to be accepted and welcomed so bad. Right. I think you know, he dialed down his personality. Uh, you know, it really helped that Abreu bought in. You know, and he bought in because of, of pool holes. And now it's like it's almost like you need to turn that switch. Like it's embarrassing the way they're playing. Uh, you know, you're in the uh, you know one of the two worst divisions in, in baseball, and not to have a winning record and be losing home games to Oakland A's just should not happen. So you know, uh, you need some leadership in that clubhouse too. I mean, someone needs to be throwing some things around in there and and just be. Uh, Discuss with the way they're playing. I mean, even you know when they ran into that eight-five uh, triple play, I and mean, it's one of the worst base running things you've ever seen. And you, but you didn't see a uh, a whole lot of people upset about it. Just like okay, it happens, and they keep saying, "Well, it's a long season." Hey, time's starting to run out here. 
You're right, Bob. That's a great point. And that's why I ask, you know, big picture-wise, it's so much fun in, in a town when you have a team that is going for it in World Series or bus mentality at the beginning of the season. That w- those were the stakes, and that was the mentality. But here we are, 100 games in. The White Sox are the definition of mediocrity. So I wonder this. There's still 48 hours or so, uh, more than that, till the trade deadline. If the Sox somehow lose this home series to the A's and they wake up Monday morning, is there a scenario that you could see where the Sox are sellers at the deadline instead of buyers trying to go for it? No, I, I can't see that. You know, unless Jerry Reinsdorf comes out and says, I'm selling the franchise on Monday. Uh, they're not going to do that on his watch. You know, they just went through the rebuild. Uh, you know, nobody wants to be like your Tigers or Mariners, you know, all these rebuilds all the time, you know, Kansas City. Uh, you know, all those rebuilds don't work. Uh, the White Sox did, but can we hit a wall here? But no, I fully expect him to get a you know one starter out there. Uh, and can, they got to kind of cross their fingers that you know their starting rotation gets better, you know, particularly with Giolito and, and Lynn. Bob, uh, are you a proponent of the trading deadline either being backed up or just kind of just being watered down a little bit? I I don't see with and David and I were talking about this a little bit uh, before you came on as well. I don't see with the expanded playoffs now that. The teams like the Giants and uh, and uh, you know teams like um, you know the Cubs and uh, not the Cubs but the White Sox in a different scenario uh, don't need that extra time to figure out whether or not they're they're still a viable team. A week from now, the Giants could be you know six or seven games out of the third wild card and and regret the fact that they they, they hung on to uh, Rodon or they hung on to Jock Peterson when they could have gotten pieces back for the future. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the two teams that jump out are the Giants and the Red Sox, who both have a, uh, a lot of nice pieces uh, you know, that, that teams want. And they don't know whether they're in the race or not. I mean, the Red Sox just say we're not trading Bogart or Devers, but, you know, could trade uh, Evaldi, J.D. Martinez, and on and on. I think you talk you know, to uh, some GM's executives, they'd like to see the trade deadline push back to, say, August 15th. Because there's no more second deadline, there's no you can't clear waivers that sort of, that sort of thing, that's gone. So why not just move it back two weeks? Uh, your point, Bruce, just let teams know whether they're in or out. You talk yeah, about division. Trading- Go ahead, Bruce. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, David, to step on you there. What's the point of a trading deadline period? Well, I think nothing ever happens unless there's a deadline. There's you know some second you know free agent deadline. I mean. Look at these trades. Why do we have to wait the last few days before yeah, August second right. for anything to happen? It's like you know, it's almost like you know, we're <laughs> working a story or broadcast. It's like you're not going to really get going on it unless there's a time. Like, okay, I got to get this done. Bob, you look yeah. at the standings and you talk about teams that are disappointing, and the San Francisco Giants fit that description. They're two games under five hundred as we sit here this morning, and I just wonder: is there a scenario where you see them? conceding or them looking to flip a guy like Carlos Rodon or Jock Peterson, two names that Chicago baseball fans know well and would find very, very interesting if they are available. Yeah, I think they got to uh, take a good, hard look at themselves. I mean, they, uh, I think since the month of April, they're, uh, just look this up, 11 or 12 games under 500. So it's been a continuing pattern. I think they got to listen to uh, offers on both those guys and decide you know, Peterson's on the uh, injury list now with a concussion. You know, he's been struggling of late. Uh, you know, 
And we'll see about Rodon. I mean, obviously, he's got a history of not being great in the second half, struggling down the stretch as far as just getting tired. But still, with so the uh, starting pitching market so thin, I would think they make out you know pretty decent for him. I think that's why the Red Sox will probably trade Nadia Valdi just for that reason as well. Bob, in uh, closing with you, and uh, David and I sure appreciate your time and your friendship all the time. Uh, what do you think the White Sox end up doing uh, by the when the trade line hits on Tuesday? I think they get a starting pitcher. You know, like uh, Quintana is perfect. Just someone to you know fill out that back end of rotation. Uh, you know, I think the rotation going into the season looked like it had a chance to be dominant, and it hasn't been. You know, remember in spring training. You know, they're talking Giolito, Giolito won a long-term contract extension, but, you know, just has not, you know, pitched up to uh, like he has in the past. Same with Lynn, but Lynn, of course, is coming off an injury. So, but I, but I fully expect him to go get a, uh, a starting pitcher and maybe one more a bullpen piece as well. And last thing, Bob, is there any scenario that you see the Cubs holding on or unable to pull off a trade involving Wilson Contreras and we have to go through – a few more months after saying all these long goodbyes. Hello again, old friend. <laughs> I know I was talking to Anthony Rizzo about that the other day. Like that'd be a little embarrassing that he's, you know, back at Wrigley field uh, still with the Cubs. Uh, I can't see it. The only way is if, you know, they don't get any solid offers. That's better than a draft choice that they'll get back. So they should do better than that. But remember last year, it kind of came down the last hour with Bryant. Yep. They're almost going to hold on to him because they were getting nothing as he anticipated. But I think the story would be different this time. Just There's not enough position players out there. And, uh, you know, you can catch, you can DH, you can do a number of things. So, you know, I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd really be surprised, maybe not shocked if he wasn't trained. Of course, that's Bob Nightingale on Inside the Clubhouse with David Hall and Bruce Levine. I'm Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel today on Hit and Run. And got to say our thank yous. Thank you to Bruce Levine, who jumped on the show early today, 9 o'clock, to help us out. Of course, Andy Martinez from the Marquee Sports Network. Lawrence Holmes from Bernsey and Holmes jumping on with me today. And, of course, James Fox sharing in my fandom for the Chicago White Sox from Sox Machine. want to thank my producer extraordinaire, Sean Sears. Phenomenal job today holding it down. Hey, same to you, man. Love your uh, franchise-altering players. Shohei's coming, man. Shohei, that's what everybody wants. Hey, if, if you want to listen to more of me, go down the dial. I'll be on B96 from 12 to 5 o'clock today, all right? So make sure you guys check me out. I'll also be back on 670 Square Monday, 6 o'clock, to give you guys some more sports stories and hopefully talking about the Sox winning their series against the A's. The Cubs play today against the Giants. 6.08, first pitch right here on the score. Pre-game starts at 5.30 with Zach Zayman, so hopefully you guys are sticking around for that. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Until next time, I will see you later. Have a good Sunday. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.